Do you know what that special sauce is that makes your business stand out from the competition? If you don't, then neither do your customers. On today's episode of the Marketing Essentials Podcast, we'll explain how to craft a unique value proposition and why it's an important part of your marketing. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. I am Bill with W Primary Photography. I'm Justin of Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia with The Spark. And together we make up the, the Marketing, marketing Essentials, Essentials team. team. Oh, so today we're going to be talking about the unique value proposition. That's right. So that's uh, your area of expertise, Justin. So the special sauce. Special sauce. <laughs> special sauce. Yes. That's right. As our intro said. Yep. So just to start off, unique value proposition, also known as the unique service proposition, they're pretty much the same thing. But as we started out by saying, it's the special sauce or it's the thing that separates you from your competition. Okay. And the unique value proposition is basically a statement that tells people what you do, who you are, I should say, mm-hmm. what you do, and why they should care. Okay. So unique part of unique value proposition is that thing that makes you unique. And the value is that's what you're providing to your customers. Okay. So this is something that is important to have in your marketing. Yeah, sometimes we call that the voice of, of your company, or is that a uh, little, little different? That's a little different. Okay. I mean, the voice uh, certainly plays into it, mm-hmm. but this is that statement that you would see on the homepage of your website. It's the thing that you would lead with if you were explaining to somebody what your company does, mm-hmm. right? It's front and center, because people want to know why they should buy your product or your service. And if you look like everybody else, then there's nothing about you that's special. You know, there's nothing about you that would cause them to go, oh, I want to buy your product or your service because X. So this is basically a way of getting you to stand out from the crowd. Absolutely. In a nutshell. Right. Right. So you're bringing that value, right? And you're explaining to people what that value is and you're fulfilling a need that no one else in the marketplace can, right? And it's also, like you said earlier, it does create sort of a unique personality for your business, okay. right? Now, you know, which comes first, you know, the unique personality or the, you know, the, the unique value proposition. I would say you need to establish important things like your mission, your vision, and your values first, because those are the underpinnings for your business. So would you see, just a little side note here, you, yeah. I would probably suggest that anybody listening to this would listen to your podcast on your mission statement yeah. prior to trying to work out, work this yep. out. Because it's going to be a lot easier to develop your UVP or unique value proposition from that mission statement sure. than to try to back into your mission statement. <laughs> You know, from the UVP. That's a quick side note. Have you actually had somebody try to back into it from uh, sort of having the UVP first, but not really a mission statement? Uh, I've definitely had clients who've had to back into the mission statement and develop their vision statement and values because like a lot of small businesses, you get started and you just need to bring in work and you need to start developing a client base. So a lot of entrepreneurs end up skipping that really important step of 
mission, vision, and values. But when you do develop those, then it's very easy then to develop that unique value proposition because you have all the ingredients now from your mission, vision, and values, and you just need to form that proposition. So it's important to have those things down first and then developing the UVP actually becomes pretty academic. Sure, sure. A lot easier. I get it. Right. So I do see that you have some examples. Do you think that sharing them in like do you want to share some of them now? Because <laughs> I, so I come from outside of the branding world. So I'm trying right. to think in my head, like what would be a UVP? I'm thinking of like websites I've been to and I'm trying to think like, you know, I, a heating company, for instance, do, do like 24 hour service. Is that a UVP or is that more like a feature? Um, 24 hour service, depending on what the industry is could be part of your unique value proposition. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can, I can remember, now I'm going to date myself here. Do you remember yeah. the old store 24? Yeah, I do. I do. That, w- that was pretty much their, their value proposition there because they built their business on, we're open 24 hours. 24 hours, yeah. Like, <laughs> the old joke, it's like, I thought you were open 24 hours. Not, not in a row. row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about like job lot, like end of low prices? Is yeah. that a UVP, Justin? Yes, that, okay. that's a UVP. Now, here's the tricky thing about developing that UVP. You mentioned before about um, uh, service. I forgot exactly what you said. But the something. HVAC guy and yeah. 24-hour, like Paul anytime. 20, yeah, okay. Yeah. So depending on your industry, you know, 24-hour call-in service may or may not be unique mm-hmm. to okay. your industry. So it's important to have something that is unique to your industry. And it's not something that everybody else is saying, like, you know, yeah, work then you with, just get lost again, right? Right. I, I've worked with tradespeople that have said, well, you know, free estimates. Well, everybody <laughs> gives a free estimate. Not too unique. That's you were re- there, unique. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you so, need to find that thing. So I take pictures would not be a good UVP. Uh, that's me. no, that doesn't <laughs> distinguish you at all. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I use a camera. I use yeah. a camera. I shoot people. Oh, no, that's, oh, wrong. No. that's a whole different market. Yeah. yeah well, so the photography assassin. <laughs> <laughs> let's, since Alicia brought it up, let's talk about some of the more well known unique value propositions. This one, I think everybody knows. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Geico. Now, see, Geico confused. Or no, progressive. Me. No, it's Geico. Geico, Geico. Geico confuses me because they guess. seem to change it because for a while it was so easy a caveman could do it. They actually had no, a couple of different... that was progressive. Was that progressive? No, that was, no Geico, that was Geico too. That was Geico. Oh. They actually had several different yeah, campaigns that they ran. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were split testing. Maybe. Could be. Could be. But everybody knows 15 minutes could save you 15% sure, or more sure. on your car insurance. So their unique value proposition is, hey, it only takes 15 minutes. And at the now it's not that unique, but when they first started, it was, it was very unique because the process of going that you'd have to go through to get car insurance was long and arduous. So there they led with, hey, 15 minutes, that's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. And then the savings part of it, you know, to hook into that. So you have the repetitive, mm-hmm. you know, 15 and 15. Great UVP. 
Sure. Right? No, now it's getting a little long in the tooth because now you've got a lot of online so, insurance that, companies that can online quotes in a matter of minutes. That brings up another question is yeah. how often should you revisit your, your UVP to see if it needs to be changed? It depends on what, how your industry goes. Okay. Like I said, when Geico first started, nobody was offering this kind of service, you know, 15 minutes to get a quote. Yeah. Yeah. Now a lot of people are. Maybe so. they could cut it down to five since we're all like <laughs> the generation of instant gratification. Like we need it now. Right. Five seconds. We'll send yeah. you a quote even before you ask for it. Yeah. Well, that was Facebook. <laughs> You're thinking about it. Uh, is that with a space balls? Remember the movie? That might. Oh just... yeah. No, that would, that's a real bunny trail. All right. So some other, uh, UVPs. Okay. This one goes back a ways. We're number two. So we try harder. Oh wait, yeah. hold on. I, I want to guess. Good. I don't know it. Uh, I don't. Quite frankly, this was not memorable with me because I don't remember this one. I know the company because you have it in the notes, but yeah. I, I, for some weird reason, I don't remember that one. Is Avis? Yeah, Avis yeah. Car Rental, and this this goes back. This goes back to like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, but their UVP was that okay? Well, you weren't even born yet, Alicia. We, we know we know that we're ranked number two behind Hertz because Hertz is the the juggernaut. Yeah, when it comes okay. to car rental, but they took that unique position and said, we can use this to market our services. Okay. We know we're number two, but that means we're going to work harder to get your business. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Hertz, they're resting, you know, on their laurels at position number one, they may not try as hard. So really good UVP. Yeah. It's a I great like proposition. That. I just never, never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Okay. <laughs> I usually have them tracking right with you on these That's things. Fine. But it's well, just... uh, so the next one is for Shopify, which is a Mm-hmm. Uh, web platform for e-commerce websites. Yep. And their UVP, it's everything you need to sell everywhere. That's pretty good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they they casting a broad net here yeah. saying, you know, ours, our platform is everything you need to sell your stuff and you can sell it everywhere. Yeah. So that's how they're positioning themselves. Um, this, I'm going to skip the next one, but the, the one uh, that I like is Uber. Tap the app, get a ride. <laughs> it, it's to the point. Right. Yeah. I so, actually haven't heard that one. I had neither. And I use Uber all the time. Do you? I, I think I've used Uber once. But anyway, um, yeah, I had never heard that one either. But it's, it's, it's to the point and it makes right. sense. You know? And Lyfts was very similar, you know, rides in minutes. So they're both aiming at that quick response. And Uber, you know, even puts their app in there. It's like, this is how you interact with us. Mm-hmm. Tap it and boom, someone shows up to give you a ride. So it's fast service, easy access through their app. Sure. There was a joke that, uh, you know, a decade and a half ago, it was like, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Don't get in cars with strangers. <laughs> now it's like you can order a stranger from the internet to get in their car. Yeah. <laughs> right. And sometimes they'll have candy. Yes. <laughs> they got candy. They got me, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm in trouble. Oh, the times we live in. We oh, so it. Okay. So now we have some examples of that. Yeah. So what goes into making a successful UVP? Well, uh, can I take a stab at Geico? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I'm going to say that they didn't just make up this thing that they thought people cared about this, you know, 15 minutes or less. They obviously did a little bit of market research mm-hmm. and probably established that their customers or prospects were holding off on getting a quote because they were busy and it was a hassle. And so they were like, aha, if we can, you know, if we can solve this problem, let's make it our UVP because gotcha. it's a pain point. It's possible. That, do you think that was? Yeah. No, you make an excellent point is you need to know who your audience is. Mm-hmm. So in addition to developing your mission, your vision and your values in that process, you also need to determine who is our audience. Mm-hmm. And 
market research doesn't have to be big and scary. You know, it can be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it, depending on how much data you want to mine. But just simply going through your current client list, sending out an email saying, why do you work with us versus somebody else? can begin to get you some of that market research data that you're looking for. And they'll come back with, well, this is why I work with you. This is why I do business with you. And you can begin to see, okay, who are audiences and what their needs are. So it's very important to determine that target audience, find out what their needs are, and then meet those needs. And you can craft your UVP around that. Okay. So that's a great starting point. Now, what if your client comes back to you and has this whole laundry list of needs, how do you whittle that down? Well, one of the things you can do is, and I do this with a lot of my clients, I have this little Venn diagram of three overlapping circles. Mm -hmm. One of the circles is what the world needs or what the market needs. Okay. One of the other circles is your unique skill set. And then the other one is your passion. At the intersection of these three is what they call the sweet spot. And this is where you can offer the most value. So you can use that laundry list of needs that your client came back with and figure out which one of those fits your unique skill set and something that you have passion about and then kind of fit those in there and figure out, ah, these three or these two hit that sweet spot. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense because I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, some there are companies out there that could probably give you a list of all the things that they offer to their clients and it can get really muddled real quick. Well, yeah, that's the thing about a unique value proposition is you're really honing in on one at the most two things. Because if you start looking like a Chinese menu that offers everything, exactly. people are going to assume that you don't do anything really well. Or, or even even if they did think about using you, they'd be confused very quickly too. Right. They need to know very yeah. quickly why you're unique yes. and what it is about your offering. And here's the other thing about determining that target audience is you're not going to sell to everyone. No. You know, finding out who those people are that you can best serve is really narrowing down your demographics. And that can be scary for a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs. Alicia, I'm sure you deal with this all the time when you're working with clients to say, look, you really should focus on these target areas. And the clients start to get nervous because they feel like, well, if I don't sell to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm missing people. And really narrowing your offering down is actually better for sure. your business. I agree. Yeah. I think that it's kind of like FOMO, like fear of missing out on an opportunity. But when you can, you can define who your core audience is through these marketing you know, tactics, then you will have a better return on your marketing. Yeah. In my opinion. But um, I, the Venn diagram that you're speaking of, Justin, can we put that in the show notes? Because even though it's a very simple diagram, I think it's really, really helpful. And I sure. just say that because you took my business through that process, the spark to help us figure out. And we're still, we're still crafting it because we're a new company, but it was helpful just cool. to have yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that in the uh, show notes. And I also think like, Bill, you were saying like, well, what if um, people come back with like a bunch of different answers as to why they work with you, like your clients, if you do go out and do a mm-hmm. survey, I think kind of like think of it as a word bubble. So if like, say you ask like, you know, 15 people and seven of, seven of them come back with like something similar, then you should probably gravitate towards like that that reoccurring theme through like your survey answers, I would sure. say. No, that get. makes sense. Makes but yeah, sense. some people probably have 
Different now, answer. maybe this is way off track. And if it is, we can talk about this at a different time. Mm. But the other thing that comes to mind is for me, like there's certain in my business, for instance, there are certain areas that are more profitable than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens in a case where, you know, you're finding the majority, uh, <laughs> this is probably way off I'm telling right now. Uh, somebody comes in and says, well, this is what makes me money, but this is what my clients know me for. What do you do in a case like that when you try to try to help them? Can you do something in their value proposition to try to shift that perception? Yeah. So you follow what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Kind of. You want to run that through? Okay. So basically, me again? let's say in my case, okay, I do video work, I do drone work and I do commercial photography. That's very yeah. vague, right? And let's say that people all know me for the drone end of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but my margins and my, I'm not making as much money off of drones and Whatever. I'm, this is all hypothetical, obviously. But, uh, but what makes me money is the actual video work that I do. Right. And I wanted to be known for the, the uh, have a value pr- proposition built around the video work I do as opposed to the drone work. Right. Well, even within those two, the mm-hmm. video work and the drone work, I think you could break it down into smaller components and figure out where you can bring the most value, Mm -hmm. right? So I know we have an episode coming up on drones. Yes. And in our sort of, you know, strategy meetings, you talked about all the different ways that you can use drones. Sure. And I think we came up with a list of like 15 or something. Yeah, it was up there. Yeah, yeah. So in those lists, in that list of 15, there may be one particular area of drone work that is you bring a skill, a unique skill set to. And the market really needs that particular. Oh, that's saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, like I said, for some reason it came into my mind was, yeah. you know, there are probably businesses out there that what they're known for is probably not that the high dollar item. It may be a, a right. small margin. 100%. And I think like Lisa, we went to her thing and Xbox, they, you know, they're known for the Xbox, but they don't make the money Man, off the, the Xbox. Xbox. They, they make it, it off the software. games. So I think. Like it, you could relate it back less about your services and more about your experience. So, mm, you know, point. maybe you do drone and you do video mm-hmm. and you do photography, but more make it about the experience. So, you know, what is it that you bring, whether you're doing drone work, whether you're doing mm-hmm. the video, whether you're doing photography, what is that experience that you're bringing? Sure. No, and, that, and that you've talked sense. before about <laughs> how, how important it is to you to be licensed and certified and insured. Mm-hmm. So that could be part of a unique Makes value sense. proposition as well. You got a photographer who won't screw you over. <laughs> I mean, for the, you have the right like certification. <laughs> no, you could I mean, I wasn't trying to do a case study of myself because the example I gave was not true as far as the yeah. margin stuff like that. I was just more of a question in my mind as to, you know, what happens if, you know, somebody sells widgets and they have one widget that sells for, they make a penny profit on each one. And right. They've got another one to make 20 bucks on. Mm-hmm. They want to be known for that $20 one, but they're known for the penny one. You well, know? I think this conversation that we just had is an excellent argument for why you should work with a professional when you're developing these things. Absolutely. Right. Cause it is difficult yeah. sometimes to sit down as an entrepreneur by yourself and try and figure all this out. Correct. It's not that you don't know what you do, but it can be very, very valuable to sit down with someone like Alicia or someone like myself and have someone guide you through the process to discover these things about your business and just help you focus on the important things. Sure. 
That makes sense. Thank you for answering my question. I hope I didn't <laughs> muddle you down too much. I was just... No, that's all right. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> <laughs> I got one sitting next to me. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Okay. Sorry. So William just looked at me like, what? Well, for those who don't know, our, our intern's back. Our intern's back. Yay. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> so audience, very important. Yes. To help you uh, figure out that UVP. Mm-hmm. Now... Some of the other ingredients for a successful UVP or unique value proposition is like what I said at the beginning of this episode, you have to understand your brand, which is mm-hmm. your mission, your vision, your values, your, your company culture, who your audience is. This is all part of your brand. Sure. So understanding your brand is really going to help you create a effective and successful UVP. Okay. I'm over here nodding my head, but I couldn't agree more because I think I, I a lot of businesses yeah. skip over, like they just start and they're like, how can I make money? And they don't focus on I was I was with a, I was with a client the other day that um, wanted some, some minor video work and some photography work done. And I ended up saying, no, we got to go back and look at your brand first. Right. You know, you don't have, you, I didn't want to, you try to find a way to say it nicely that you don't have a brand, you know, or you don't have an ident, easily identifiable brand from the outside. And the reason this is important is you're bringing a particular product or service to the marketplace mm-hmm. and you have to offer something unique. Mm-hmm. If you think about some of the high profile brands, Apple is one of them. BMW is another. Do you know what their market share is? Huge. It's huge. Well, actually, it's no. It's actually quite small. Really? Yeah. Apple? Apple? Apple and BMW have, in regards to the products that they offer, they have a relatively small market share. Really? Wow. Okay. Right? But that market share that BMW has among all the car makers is an incredibly loyal market. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. People that drive these machines love these machines. Mm -hmm. And BMW is fine with having you know, a That's, relatively small market yeah. share because they know that they're not going to sell to somebody who wants to drive a Ford pickup no. and they're perfectly fine with that. And Apple knows that they're not going to, uh, sell to someone who wants to build their own, uh, tower PC. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they're successful is they know that they're not selling to they know that what they're not as opposed to what they are. Exactly. Oh, wow. exactly. That's, that, that's, that's a, a cool distinction. Now, when I say Apple has a small market share, I should qualify that and say, say that in regards to like laptops, they, yeah, they have okay, a relatively I would, small I would, I would market share. Yeah, I would, I would. You know, there are other areas of the market that they completely own. iPods but, and iPhones. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. within like just laptops, they have a relatively small market share. And mm-hmm. BMW, again, small market share. Same thing with des- yeah, the laptops, desktops, the right. whole thing. Yeah, that's all. So when you're figuring these things out, your mission, your vision, your values, who your audience is, it's okay to niche down. It's okay to have five, 10% of that market because the unique value that you're bringing to the market, Mm -hmm. you're going to develop an incredibly loyal following. People are going to understand your brand when they read your UVP and they look at all your marketing material, they'll get it. They'll know, okay, this is what this company is about. I want to be part of this tribe I'm going to be a loyal customer. And you really can't do it backwards. You really have to have that UVP first before you start doing all your marketing. Quite, yeah. Quite frankly, because I mean, <laughs> well, it, it's, it all flows into what Alicia does as far as social media is going to. It um, all, it all hangs off what I that. do. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, I, when you, you used Apple as an example, I think about obviously from a visual standpoint, I think about all the stuff that is Apple as far as like 
their imagery, their photos, their video, and it all falls right back into, <laughs> into their vision of, yeah. of what they're supposed to be doing, right. you know? Yeah. If you don't or have BMW, your thing. mission, vision, values down, if you don't have a, a unique value proposition, your marketing is going to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. It really does help you focus your marketing. Yeah. So it, it gets muddled real quick. If you're not yeah. Careful. So I'm sorry, we're going to get you off track here, but so successful UP, UVP, you need to understand your brand. Mm-hmm. It should be concise. Okay. It should be clear. So some of the examples that we read, you get right away. Sure. You know, you don't have to sit there and think, what do they mean by that? Right. Mm-hmm. So they're short, they're to the point, they're easily understandable. Okay. The other thing about a unique value proposition is you need to back it up. Right. Oh, so yeah, if yeah. you're saying, hey, we can save you 15% on your car insurance in 15 minutes, you better do you it. You better back that up. Yeah. And having testimonials and case studies and statistics are good in in backing up what you're putting out there as unique value proposition. I feel like I'm putting you on the spot with everything this morning. Hey, go this ahead, morning. Yeah. I apologize, <laughs> but can you think of a, a, of a bad UVP that you've seen? Well, we keep bringing it up, but I thought the fire Festival was a pretty spectacular failure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good point. All right? Their marketing didn't match what they delivered. No, sure. it didn't. Yeah, no. It, well, they didn't deliver anything, so... <laughs> Well, <laughs> so, to yeah. my point, yeah. yeah. Um, so you need to be able to back it up, show results. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be hard when you're first starting, right? Startups, they don't have a lot of experience, you know, with, they don't have a big client base. But over time, you need to develop those case studies, those testimonials, those statistics, because mm-hmm. you need to back up your UVP. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it needs to make sense. It needs to be easily understood. And you should be able to explain your U, your UVP in less than 10 seconds. Well, that's not a lot of time. No. But if you think about this statement being front and center on your website, typical website has a viewing length of about five to seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Right? Before you lose somebody, yeah. Before somebody decides whether or not they're going to stay on your site or not. Sure. So if you can't explain who you are, what you do, and why it should matter in mm-hmm. less than 10 seconds. Yeah, you probably already lost your... You're going you're to lose point. a lot of people. They need to get it right away. Oh, okay. So that pretty much wraps up. <laughs> we all just had dead air for a second. Because <laughs> I, I, I was thinking to myself, I, I, do I have another question? I might have one, but I, I could. I don't want to go off on too many tangents. Yeah. But uh, deep in thought today. I mean, we, we just covered, we covered the basics today. You know, we talked about why is it a UVMP, UVP important, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? Why is it important? What are some of the components that make up a successful UVP? Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we showed some examples I think at this point, if you want to go deeper on this, you can go research this, Google it, mm-hmm. find out more about it. Contact Get, Justin. Or you can sit yeah. down with an expert and start I was just developing. Say, okay, so let's let's take uh, our listeners. Yeah. Somebody who hasn't really given much thought to a UVP until hearing about it now. Uh how would they get in contact with you to start the process of working on their UVP? Well, they can reach me through my website, which is justinkerdesign.com. I'm also on Facebook, Justin Kerr Design, and 
Can't really reach me through Instagram, but I'm on Instagram as well. <laughs> There's messaging on Instagram, I think, but I don't I, I don't use it, but I'm pretty sure they have messaging. Yeah, I don't think I've had anybody contact me through Instagram. I guess you can contact me through Instagram, so I'm <laughs> well, on Instagram as well. If you see well. it, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not trying to convince you to use another avenue. <laughs> Just to, Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. Or joining us. Good, Bill. Let's try this again. We're going to cut that part out. <laughs> I'm here every week, Bill. <laughs> thanks for coming, and I'm going to go have this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thanks for talking to us today just about problem. the UVP. Yes. And uh, it's been uh, enlightening because there's still stuff that I'm still trying to struggle with and figure out with uh, UV in regards to UVP. Sure. And you definitely broke it down to even somebody like me can understand it. So thank you. <laughs> so simple a bill can understand, right? <laughs> to borrow a UVP from a... <laughs> uh, no, all right. Uh, say goodnight, Justin. All right. I think this wraps it up for this week. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, you can find the back episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Both of them are the Marketing Essentials team. You can find us on the web at marketingessentialsteam.com. And if you subscribe through our website, you'll receive a weekly email and letting you know when each episode has been published. Also, you'll receive a link to subscriber-only content. You can also find us on Facebook in our private Facebook group. Just search Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. It's a great place for other marketing professionals and business owners where we can share marketing advice, challenges, and general trends. Hope to see you there.